0: Hello everyone and welcome to We Are Myrna Goldie Podcast featuring me, Chandler Alsbecker. And Miren Williams. Aaron, picture this. You're sitting watching the most awful football game your your pro football team of choice has played perhaps in your entire time following them. The the best receiver in the NFL who just came back for the first time gets injured feeling, you know, maybe not super great about how things are going in a zero zero game in the third mm-hmm. quarter. And then you see the news that uh that Joe Rossi has yeah. left for Michigan State. Um, which I believe actually I reported that news to you. Yes. Um
1: yes. How, how does that make you feel? I mean not great. Sure I'm not great. Um you know, I'm wondering, wondering, uh, wondering how much Brian Flores would cost, you know, um, but uh, yeah, not, not, not great. You know, I saw PJ's statement about Joe Ross today and it seemed to be, you know, for as much flack as flack gets for various things, um, I thought the statement was very kind and very generous and pretty spot on. How he's, you know, an elite coordinator and a good dude and all that and a great, great football mind. And uh, I couldn't, uh, from my experience with Joe Rossi, which is watching go for defenses, I, I agree. Um, you know, I wish he wasn't going to Michigan State. I mean, that sucks. It just sucks. Wish he wasn't going anywhere. But you know what? In this game, in a sport, you know, sometimes that happens. So I'm not necessarily angry at Joe Rossi. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> you know, uh, I I wish he would be here because he has been a coordinator who's had some real... I mean, a couple down years here and there, but also some very... Really, some of the best defenses in, you know, in memory for the Gophers where he presided over. So, you know, we'll see who they get, but he's going to be some big, big shoes to fill indeed.
0: Yeah, I I, um, I also would liked it if he was not gone because that was one of the underlying premises of thinking that that 2024 will be a bounce back year, uh, that there, there've been some good, uh, gains in terms of transfers that we'll mention in that in a little while. But, uh, the idea is when, when you, I guess, according to my ongoing depth chart, when you're, when you're, bringing back uh, eight of 11 positions, starters, uh, like on both sides of the ball, like that will, you know, make things easier. And then it's a lot easier on top of that when you bring back a guy who we've seen field top 10 defenses, who we've seen make, you know, uh, a really bad defense suddenly looked very passable in, in 2018 into obviously the, the defense was a problem this past year, but it's still not terrible. Um, yeah. Like everything I've heard about Joe Rossi uh is like that the players love playing for him, especially the linebackers, which is his position group. Just it, it seems so obvious to me like he's going to be a head coach before Rossi left and I guess still after Rossi left if if like PJ Fleck for whatever reason was no longer head coach of Minnesota tomorrow Joe Rossi is one of the names that would deserve at least consideration if not a phone call um, because of what he's done specifically at this program and I think the potential that he has so I am very interested in seeing who steps up I I didn't see, excuse me. I I didn't see if anyone has been named interim defensive coordinator or anything for the bowl game. Um, Ryan Burns did put together uh, a a list on two four seven, um, about potential candidates to to replace Rossi. I guess there is a a former defensive coordinator on staff and Nick Monroe, who joined from Syracuse and is, is now the the cornerbacks coach, and I guess officially has the title of co-defensive coordinator. Um, there is also, I guess, Danny Tollins, who people have spoken well of uh, the last couple years. Joe Harasimiak is at Rutgers um, and was here for a good few years, and before that was at Pretty adept head coach at Maine, and you look at Rutgers, and that is the strength of their team is their defense. Yeah. So I would feel really good about Joe harris coming back. You can point to other candidates, and I can say sure, but uh, it, it's just sort of like you won't really know until you get there. Uh, we, we've already seen a couple players on defense decommit. Uh, three of them actually, although I think one of them was before Rossi left. Um, Mauricio Hines went to Florida Atlantic instead, Um, a a defensive tackle from Florida. Jide Abbasiri, a prior Lake defensive tackle, just announced today his commitment to USC. And um, Brady Pretzlaff, one of the higher rated recruits in the class, a linebacker from Michigan, um, decommitted, I believe, just yesterday. And um, you know it would stand to reason that he might end up following the the defensive coordinator now coaching at an in-state school. So these are not like class-killing losses or anything, but it's not great to to lose two commitments this close to uh, signing day. And it would not be good if. Again, conjecture, I have heard nothing. I'm not sourced. But, like, if someone decided they want to keep playing for Joe Rossi and they went to Michigan State as a transfer, that would not be ideal. But these sorts of things happen, so we must mention that as a possibility. So it's not great news. And my initial reaction was, was a bit doomy because, like, again, the other things we, we mentioned, uh, he's he's very good at his job. and. um when we when it seems more likely the defense will come together than the offense, um, you know, it, it you'd sort sure like some continuity uh or or a hand you trust at the helm of that defense. Absolutely. But uh we press on and we wait to see who the new defensive coordinator will be. We do know who the new starting quarterback is.
1: Yes, yes. Mad Max, as they call him, as I call him, as I call him.
0: Maybe other people call him that too. It's Max Brosmer. We don't know that.
1: That that is also pure conjecture.
0: Yes, we we have not talked to anyone in New Hampshire about what nicknames Max Brosmer may have. He might go as go by like the Bros or Brosy or Mac. I don't know other nicknames for someone named Max Brosmer. Uh, but he is. FCS's uh leading passer in twenty twenty-three uh at New Hampshire, where uh he has exhausted all but one year of his eligibility, he'll be coming in and immediately stepping in for Ethan and Kelly Manis, who did recently visit Rutgers, by the way, where Dirk is a coach connection. right now. Connection,
1: connection runs
0: deep. The yes. Are, always. Our our sister program ever since PJ yes. Fleck came in. Um I have not watched a lot of Brosmer, so I can't pretend to to comment on his abilities. I probably will this offseason and have some more to say, uh, but that's a huge get. I, obviously, you never know how it works coming up from FCS uh, or even from the Troop of 5. Tanner Mordecai came up for Wisconsin and he was injured at points. And sometimes he looked pretty good. Sometimes he looked pretty mediocre. Even though he looked great at SMU, these things just kind of happen. And I think Brosmer will probably be at least better than Calhoun Manis. Feels like a safe bet.
1: Yeah, it seems like seems like he's more accurate. Certainly is the impression I've gotten from what I've read. But uh, yeah, he seems it seems to seems seems to be a high four player. And again, that production even at the lower level, you got like.
0: Yeah, and honestly, high floor is maybe what they need. (laughs) Yeah. Because whatever the ceiling on Calyte Manus was, the the floor never really raised itself. Yeah. Uh, I I still think he has talent, like I probably said uh, the last time we recorded, but it hadn't all come together here, and there's just that sort of wide range of outcomes with him that I hope he can sort out, because I, I have no reason to hold anything against him. Other transfer rivals, Bucknell cornerback Ethan Robinson, who I believe has two years of eligibility. Uh, he's a, he was a grad transfer. I don't remember what uh, Brian Burns said on that. But at the very least, if he's not a starting cornerback, he gives you much, much needed depth. And he did have some offers from uh, some other power five uh, conference programs. I, I believe USC and Auburn were a couple of them. So people were in on Robinson, and that that's a really good pickup, I think, just on its face. Florida International defensive tackle Jordan Gurad does have two years of eligibility. Comes and seems very good. Yeah, he, he I I understand he is very good. I as whatever stock you put into PFF grades, uh, he was the highest-rated defender for uh for FIU last year. He also had seven tackles for loss. If you want, you know, more concrete stats, uh, he played some nose. He played some three technique. Um, that's, that's valuable. You know, Kyler Baugh played multiple positions at Houston Baptist now Houston Christian before coming up here. And he ended up pretty solid player. So getting in another starting defensive tackle to go next to Devin Easter next year was one of the high items on the list and uh looks like they got it and uh also got um a new running back trent howland from indiana he's a big guy big boy a, yeah uh which seems like a good compliment to darius taylor and is much needed because while it seems that bryce williams will be back for his 100th season next season and jordan newman is still around you would like someone a little more trustworthy at the very least to To give you depth before you go to Williams and Newbin. Those are the four transfers in. Uh, Tyrell Lawrence, a tackle who never played, is transferring out. Um, No news on his landing spot, but four other guys have found new stools. Walk on running back Max Grand is going to Augustana. Mm -hmm. Backed up quarterback Drew Viotto is going to Eastern Michigan, which is where he was committed before he. Uh, decided to flip to the Gophers last year. Tackle JJ today. Longtime backup is going to Illinois State, uh, which is in his home state. And then, uh, and and fun news for for Chandler's brand. It's for Chandler's brand. Uh, Zach Evans is going back to the Metroplex. Uh, just one county up, I believe, uh, from his hometown of Heath, Texas, up to Denton to play for. Your North Texas mean green, so um, as, as far as landing spots go, that's that's pretty ideal for me. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: it's gonna do work there.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a, a you know a really good landing spot. Um, yeah, and I, I guess actually Heath is in Rockwall County, which I think is two counties over from Denton County. Oh, but so be it.
1: Both in your Texas card.
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm sorry if I got the, the counties and the Metroplex are on. But, but yeah, so um I, I think he, he should be really good there, go through a pretty decent conference in the AAC, even one losing SMU. And um, I guess SMU is the only school leaving that conference going in the next season, but gaining army, I guess. Um, and Tulane is obviously really good. And so he'll be going up against some, some pretty solid talent and one of the best mid-major, uh, offenses. And, uh, that, that will, you know, he to join the the ranks of Lance Dunbar among the mean green running backs who have made any sort of noise in the NFL. So that would be fun. But, um, wishing all those guys luck, obviously. Uh, that's more or less all the Dophers uh, dofer football news. Am I, am I missing anything?
1: Not that I can think of, I mean, I think the big story, and it was more of a last week's story than this week's story, but I mean we went over the transfers I think the 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 po- the big positive news is that there there weren't more or there haven't been more up to this point, again, hope with Joe you know all that, but um yeah, really maintained most of the guys that you wanted to maintain, and then the one position you sort of lost was quarterback, and again you got it, brought in a guy who you like there, so um yeah, I mean. You know, I, I don't know that I expected Taylor and, you know, Daniel Jackson, everybody and, you know, and Jaw Joyner to leave, but I'm glad they didn't, you know.
0: Yeah, it's nice that they put out those those videos saying, you know, they're coming back. Um, Oh, I, I did miss one guy, uh, a Juco transfer. Um. Oh, the edge
1: rusher, right?
0: Yeah, I, I don't remember his name. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, and I think uh, Eddie Tussum at Navarro College in Texas, um, who I believe will have a couple of years of eligibility, uh, recruited by mostly mid-majors uh, and some FCS schools of Southeastern Louisiana, Grambling State, Coastal. So this is the only power conference offer he has, but you're not asking to some to be a starting level player for you because you have Danny Strido. Um, but we you don't have his depth at Russian. So this was very much needed. And you know that it'll be good to have him in the program. Yeah. Um but yeah it, it's good that uh so many guys have pretty much said already they're staying. Um they've been crediting Dainty Town athletes, the NIL collective I have very few thoughts on the whole NIL scene. Uh, it is what it is right now. I, I apologize for not getting more parlor burgers or taking up drinking so I can get duck duck beer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if they're crediting, uh Dinty Town athletes as being important to so them staying, then that's good. And you know, them getting paid regardless of where that is is good. So yeah.
1: um, well, just for not, them, uh, as long as it's not. Well I'm not I'm not going to say that <laughs> not even gonna are not even going touch that, Aaron. We're gonna say that off here okay
0: okay i I, I look forward to I guess figuring out what what you are alluding to, but um uh so that's all to do for football news. There are some bowl games this weekend yeah. uh the first the first round of bowls starts at ten a m on Saturday, the Myrtle Beach Bowl between Georgia Southern and Ohio. You know, this first weekend is kind of a hodgepodge of intriguing games and not so intriguing games. Uh, What are you looking at through, we'll say, Tuesday?
1: Oh, yeah, let me pull that list back up. So, again, the caveat with all these is that I have not tracked who is in, who is out um, as far as transfers and um, just people, you know, opting out because of the draft. Um, but I mean, I know we played the Rage and Cajuns earlier this, so this is more in theory, assuming, you know, full strength on both sides. Um, the Jacksonville state and the Rage and Cajuns, um, probably not, you know, the best matchup, but I think you could do a lot worse from a storyline perspective and from a football standpoint in the new Orleans bowl. Um, you know, you gotta love team called the Rage Cajuns, you know, playing playing in the New Orleans Bowl. I mean, that's just that's just great. Definitely like the New Mexico bowl between New Mexico State and Fresno State. Fresno State was a little down this year. Um well, they finished eight and fours. So I don't know how it down, but uh, New Mexico State was way up this year. Um so yeah, I think that's uh, that's intriguing matchup. I know a lot of players and coaches are out for the UCLA Boise State L.A. Bowl, Um, but uh, again, in theory, that's two programs that uh, I would like to see play football against one another. (laughs) You know, Marshall really slipped at the end of the year or really the middle to the end of the year, really just in conference play in general, Uh, but I would like that matchup with UTSA. Probably like six times out of ten. So um that's what I'll say as far as through Tuesday. You got any more? Uh well the celebration bowl
0: is always interesting. Yep. This year yep. it's Florida and M and Howard. I can't really comment on the, the status of either of them, but um you know, it 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 it's a good celebration of uh HBCU football and that's always intriguing. Um and I don't know who they'll have on the call for it this year. I know the last couple years they've had um, – I don't remember the guy they normally have doing color on HBCU football games, but it's been him joining a Mark Jones, Robert Griffin III booth, but they broke up Mark Jones and Robert Griffin III this year, so I don't know exactly what they're doing. But um, it's it's a, it's usually a fun time, and it's even more fun time, I think, when when we don't have the whole Dion thing happening. Obviously, Dion never won a Celebration Bowl in his time at Jackson State. I'll obviously be staying up late to watch the Independence Bowl in lovely Shreveport between Cal and Texas Tech, but um, I'm not necessarily telling other people to do that i realize that uh you know not not all of us have ties to lubbock and, and and the universities contained within it so um there are probably better ways to spend your saturday evening than watching the independence bowl but i will be watching that and uh very glad that next season Taj brooks will have one more year as a red raider um but there's also the fcs playoffs friday night albany goes to south dakota state the number one overall seed. Albany had a very fun come-from-behind win over Idaho last round, uh, an Idaho team that has looked very strong, so that was a pretty impressive win for the Great Danes. South Dakota State had a very low-storing game against whoever they played last week. I don't remember who, but it was kind of a disgusting game because the wind in Brookings, it turns out, can get a bit wild. Yeah. And that sabotaged all effort at offense. But that will be Friday night. And then on uh, on Saturday, 3 o'clock, ESPN 2, North Dakota State, Montana is a very interesting game. Probably the most intriguing football game happening this weekend, um, at least in the college ranks. And, uh, you know, North Dakota State, a lot of people wrote off after they got swept by the other Dakotas. And then they beat... Montana State on a heartbreaker and then they went out and did some very mean things to South Dakota in the quarterfinal and Montana has had a, a couple close games they, they've they also been a good watch this this playoff um, and I bet some people in Missoula are getting a bit nervous about this one because uh, North Dakota State does you know they don't really feel inevitable the same way as they have in the past but um if you're an fcs fan you you probably can't help but notice that they're coming up behind you and you know it it would be really really unfortunate if montana were to lose this game i will say uh, north dakota state's head coach is already in line to leave after the season um because USC is hiring him as linebackers coach, and I believe the official title will be head coach of defense. So that will be something. But uh yeah, that's that that's the football happening this
1: weekend. Yeah, be a good be, will be a good one. At least a couple of those will be. Probably. Probably.
0: We haven't been going too long this week. Uh, did you want to say anything about uh
1: Doferman's basketball? Not really, it's been an interesting week, you know. With uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, yeah, I got a shout out, uh, shout out our boy uh, Hawkins for dishing out beating Ariel McDonald's record. Um, 17 assists in a game, crazy, madness. The uh, IUPUI never saw it coming. Um, (laughs) You know, I hope Garcia's issues, uh, you know, his ankle gets better soon, hopefully by the new year. And I hope that um, Carrington, you know, he said he took a break for his mental health, you know, finds the support that he needs and ultimately does. You know, it seems like everybody's been super understanding and supportive of him, which is good. Um, You know, I just hope, you know, we just wish him, you know, well, you know, as he goes through. Whatever it is that he's going through, um, so you know thoughts with him certainly whether that's on the court or off or whatever. But um, I would also say that game we went to last week was very fun. <laughs> that come from behind win against um, come from behind win against Nebraska was very fun. Probably the biggest win of the Ben Johnson era thus far. Is do you think that's the stretch? Ah.
0: Uh. I think it only because of the time it comes yeah. at.
1: Yes. The... Yes. That's exactly the rationale. Just, and just the hope that the, 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 what it inspires, I think, you know, in me and in the fan base. Just the idea that this might be, I mean, I guess that, I mean, so there uh, probably, there's probably a little hope at the beginning of year one when they beat Michigan and beat Mississippi State. But, I mean, last year I think we won what one Big Ten game, and it didn't come until January or something. If I remember, Uh,
0: maybe two. There was the win at Ohio State, but I cannot remember
1: the other one. Yeah. So, I mean, like even a win over Ohio State last year, it's like, well, that's fun, and it might that Ohio State team might be better than this Nebraska team, but you know, it was it didn't it didn't feel meaningful because it wasn't. You know, it wasn't – you know, we're already – the season wasn't garbage time at that point. You know, everything had already gone downhill. It was very clear where things were headed. I think this win, you know, again, even though it's against a lowly Nebraska, even if it's, you know, whatever, if nothing else, it gives us, you know, hope at the beginning of the year that we can improve and, you know, be something else. It was also just a great game to watch. I mean, the way they did it was awesome. Uh, I know they played poorly in the first half against Florida Gulf Coast, but you hope that they take that effort, you know, into conference play. They've showed most of the rest of the week.
0: Yeah, I I honestly feel really optimistic about this season. Like I, I I'm not looking at it the same way as like I, I looked at the way the women are playing right now. I think they might make the tournament this year. Yeah, they look great. The, the men just like all, all my my expectation was this year was look like a competent basketball team like give me give me any reason to think that ben johnson might turn it around or failing that set up a decent foundation for whoever replaces him and just eyeballing things you know i mean in, in addition to like you know i've been to three games this year i've not watched on tv that much but like I, I have seen the team in person a few times uh but i i like looking at 10 palm rankings because even this early in the season they can be informative and last year minnesota finished the the season 216th
1: that is not that that is, not that's not good that's not good for those keeping score back home you, low numbers good 216 bad <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think the only power conference team teams uh, behind them were, I think Louisville was one of them, and the other <laughs> one might have been like DePaul or something like that. Yeah, no, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and this year, they're up to 89th, which, yeah. you know, it's early in the season. I, I think computer systems can sometimes overrate the sort of um, – middle of the power conferences a little bit in, in the early goings because they're relying on projections. But uh, I think, Minnesota has played like something like the 89th best team in the country. Obviously that's very flawed. The only big 10 team below them is Penn state at one Oh nine, but they're not that far behind Indiana. They're not far behind Rutgers or the Northwestern team that dropped 30 places yesterday just by losing to Chicago state. Um, And I look at individual players and I see Really encouraging things like Joshua Ola Joseph. Like w- coming into the year, what was the one thing you could say about Joshua Olo Joseph? Could say he could dunk. He did dunk. He can give you effort on defense, but like he's not a complete offensive player because he has no jump shot at all. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's very early. He's only taken seventeen threes, but he's hit eleven of them. His free throw percentage is up to almost eighty three percent and you know even granting some regression that's a huge jump from him yeah. um he's given you a lot of effort on the offensive boards he's uh, averaging uh he's averaging per 40 minutes he's averaging uh they don't give me offensive rebounds per 40 minutes that's very annoying to me uh i'll put it this anyway he's given you some some extra possessions on the boards He is, you know, giving lots of effort. Uh, He he can still drive the basket. So he's turning into a pretty respectable player. Parker Fox is not a complete player by any stretch, but he's a good rim runner. Pharrell Payne is still Pharrell Payne. Um, And then you looked at Cam Christie shooting almost 44% on three-pointers. Like, that's huge Um, for a true freshman who's – stepped in immediately into your starting lineup so um the fact they were able to come back against nebraska and have a really good game from a variety of directions and and hawkins and mitchell look like legitimate players not just guys to eat up minutes um like this should be a team that gets the first buy in the big 10 tournament i wouldn't be surprised at this point um yeah. i'm still you know gonna you know slow roll it wait to see what happens but i feel
1: pretty pretty good yeah, you can't, you can definitely, you, I, I think the expectations should be raised from where they were, you know, a year ago, which was abysmally low. Um, gosh, what was I going to say? I mean, you hit on most of the points as far as the individual players. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christie, like you said, has looked great. Joseph has looked much improved, um, you know, on both sides of the four. I would say the thing I said to you that I think well still holds um, is if you look at their three losses, A, they were three good teams— And B, they've really only played one really bad full game. And I was kind of joking against Nebraska when I said it, but it's actually true. I mean, the San Francisco game was pretty brutal through and through, but that Missouri game, you should have won. The Ohio State game, you know, I'm not saying you should have won, but the way they played in the second half, you played a lot better. And, you know, um, if you'd played like that in the first half, you would have probably been in the game um and ohio state also thorn and battle also shot the lights out um but all that said you know this team does not look miserable this team looks they, they looks like they have a pulse and that is to your point and to my point and to what everybody's watching right now that is a big step up from where they looked at this time or at any time last year and probably a step up from most of what we saw in Ben Johnson's super strange first year.
0: Yeah, it's a strange first two years. Um, You and I were talking at the game, like, it's just, he walked into a really difficult situation where so many players left immediately, and we don't know all the reasons for that. Um, I don't know if anyone has ever come forward and said exactly what the reasons were for that. But uh, he had to basically replace the whole team with stopgap players, and then he had to do it again. With freshmen, yeah, it it was a lot. And it's just, it's really hard to get anything going with that. And this is the first time he's had a lot of players that were on the roster from the year before. And healthy, having Fox and having Enan as options off the bench, like having a rotation that can go eight deep. Legitimately for for the full 40 minutes is so much better than we've seen from this team, you mm-hmm. know, at all during Ben Johnson's tenure, and it's even better because uh, it's not, you know, we're we're not looking at the the situation and going, oh well, once once Darcy is done, then they're screwed, because I mean, one, Darcy has another year of eligibility, and the transfers they got have more eligibility. And it's these these underclassmen who are showing progress, showing talent. Like, I, I know lots of people want to say that, like, you know, when, whenever, like, a team, like, improves, it's a matter of heart. And, like, now that they, they care or they, you know, they have some fight in them or whatever. But, like, this is just a more talented team with yeah. some actual
1: potential. And yeah. I'm not saying that's, you know,
0: a well, I mean, potential or anything.
1: Past, I mean, obviously, they were freshmen. I mean, you know, I was as you contribute to- you know, hard or whatever. Like, I think one of the things that's lost in the one and done era is like, I, I don't know. I just think people look at freshmen and think like, if you just look at players and expect them, um, some oftentimes irrationally to be like there. You know what I mean? And you forget that most players. I mean, you you just get better. You know, with good coaching, like you just get you know. Guy like Ola Joseph, I mean, who is, an, who, is a, who is a prospect who came in with potential and you know a ceiling, but you know with full flaws in his game, it's like yeah, he works in those flaws. He plays your college basketball, you know, whatever. Another year in the gym, shoot, putting up shots, you know, getting coaching, and you know, it's like he, 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 ideally he's going to get better, you know. And we've seen a lot of that from these guys. I mean, guys, freshman year, sophomore, they grow. And it was a really young team, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's all those things, I guess, is all I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, and I, I, like I said, I feel pretty optimistic, just like that we can have a fun season, and yeah. you know, at the at the end of February, mid March, or whatever, say, you know what he He's earned Ben johnson has earned the right to stay and might be able to sort of reestablish you know a normal level for Minnesota basketball, which is not great, but it's enough to 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 make it worth watching you know occasionally make the tournament or whatever. It's a good start. I'm not going to say that's yep. definitely happening, but it's a really good start, really encouraging absolutely. But we'll keep an eye on that and probably touch base again in January on Doferman's basketball once they end the conference slate. Their first uh, game of January, by the way, is against a Michigan team that might not have their head coach by the time that game rolls around. But anyway, anything we want to mention before we sign off? Nope.
1: No, that's really that's really. Nope. <laughs> no, I think we covered. I think we I think we covered it. Unless anybody has thoughts on. Seven hundred million dollar contracts or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think I do either. Go, go get paid. I hope you all go get paid this this weekend and uh, enjoy your yourselves. And uh, you know, we'll we'll come back and preview the Bowling Green State Falcons next week. Absolutely, exciting times. Thanks, Joe.